Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new Regulation Tomorrow Plus podcast series that provides insight and commentary on the Financial Services and Markets Bill as it passes through Parliament. I'm Simon Lovegrove, Global Head of Financial Services Knowledge at Norton Rose Fulbright, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Herbst, a partner and our Global Head of Financial Services. Now, today, Jonathan's going to give us his perspective as to how things stand with the bill following its passage through the public committee stage. Now, Jonathan, I'm going to hand over to you at the moment, but I'd be grateful if you could preface your comments around three things. First of all, um, the intervention power, very topical. Secondly, any other big headlines that you feel need to be mentioned following uh, the bill's passage through the public committee stage. And finally, if you want to pick up on any sort of highlights in relation to this week as well. Yes, thanks, Simon, and hello, everybody. So I'm um, just dealing with those in turn. On the interventional power, I think everyone will have seen that um, Andrew Griffiths in, in the uh, the minister in the committee, in the standing committee, effectively deferred that to, um, you know, slightly unclear whether it's going to be report stage in the Commons or even further on, uh, basically on the basis that we've got a new prime minister. So I think the current state of play is that, is that the government has not backed off so it has not thus far accepted the very strong representations of the regulators and many in the industry on the existence of the power. But on the other hand, it hasn't actually brought forth the amendments. And he did make some interesting comments around, you know, acknowledging it would be an exceptional power that would be appropriate to proportionality and constraints, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But we still have a standoff on that fundamental issue. And of course, I think everyone will be very conscious that in the Mansion House speeches of uh, Sam Woods and, and, and Nikhil, you know, there was a very clear uh, indication, and more than that, that the regulators remain extremely opposed to this. And of course, many in the industry have taken the same view, not all, but I think the argument being that, you know, an independent regulator means an independent regulator. And I think the contours of the debate are that the government's line is, well, that is not incompatible with, you know, an extreme override power. But I, I think it's interesting just in that context to note, if one thinks about the events of the last week or two in relation to the crypto world, you know, what exactly would the government have done at that point? And I think the answer is you very quickly realise that you know, the use of these powers would A, be extreme and B, be quite difficult because, you know, what are you supposed to do? You normally expect cost benefit analysis. You normally expect some thinking. We haven't perhaps had the greatest record recently of politicians being the people who've evidenced that kind of uh, proper consideration. So I just put that point out there. I don't want to get involved in politics, but you know, I think there's a very legitimate debate still to have on that. Turning to the second question, which was, you know, what, what are the current headlines? Where are we at? Well, I think the first thing to say is the bill is, is pretty much through, in fact, is through standing committee now. Uh, the vast majority of the areas that were in the bill have just gone through, you know, very much by consensus. So, for example, um, you know, the regulation of service providers, the uh, designated activities regime and, and, and the objectives and a number of others. There were some interesting amendments put down and I sort of gathered them into two or three themes. I think the first one really relates to the, I'm going to call it the consumer agenda, but it's actually broader than that. It is really about financial exclusion, availability of cash, and, and a number of concerns around that. And quite a number of amendments were put down. I think to summarize the government's line at the moment, 
you know, it's absolutely proper to take consideration of these things, but there don't need to be changes on the face of the bill. The FCA already has its objectives, and that will be taken account of in indeed the PRA as well. You know, we'll see whether that holds or whether particularly in the Lords there is more pressure in those areas. I think the second area I'd pick up on is very interesting, which actually is, is the um, digital assets or crypto area, where, um, you know, of course, the current position is the government has indicated that we are talking and, and the amendments, you know, the bill really talks about a stable coin where you've got underlying fiat. There were calls for broader regulation, and the current position of the government is that there'll be a separate consultation that, on that in due course shortly. Let's just see whether the events of the last couple of weeks may change that during the passage in the Lords. I think that would be very interesting to watch. So I pick up those couple of areas, and there were actually a, a smorgasbord of other amendments, particularly on the statutory objectives, um, and in particular, for example, in relation to uh, green issues. But I think, you know, the current position of the government, and it's normal in these circumstances, is, you know, these are the provisions in the bill, and this is our current position. I think everything to watch for in the Lords would be what I would say. Thanks, Jonathan. That's really helpful. And that concludes this podcast. Previous podcasts on the bill can be found on the podcast tab on our Regulation Tomorrow blog. We'll also continue to track developments on the bill, also on the Regulation Tomorrow blog. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.